0: The Lord be with you, and the Spirit of God, open the eyes of our understanding tonight. I want to read um, verses from Psalm 100, and again, remember, this is fitting what we've been talking about in the last weeks of casting our care upon Him, but I'm trying to bring that to some sort of conclusion Tonight, So, Psalm 100. I'll read the whole thing. It's very few verses. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you land. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him, bless his name, for the Lord is good. His mercy, his compassion is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. And out of all that, although all of it contributes, it's that first line of verse 4 that I want to zero in on. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. This, you might see it in all those verses, and certainly if you read through the Psalms, you'll see it all the time. But here, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, joy, gladness exaltation of god magnifying god gratitude to god including the confession of his glory and his acts of love it fills the whole bible if you just read through the scripture it's as if there there is a sound there is the this vocalization of praise and joy and thanksgiving in who God is and all that he has done. So you could say that thanksgiving to God fills the pages of the Bible. It's the sound that goes through the pages of persons and calls to give him thanksgiving and praise. And here it says, "...enter his gates with thanksgiving." Let me say this very carefully, thanksgiving, and under that heading I include especially confession or saying together with God who he truly is, which is deep in the meaning of that word, but including to it all forms of praise, um, all thoughts of joy. It's the forgotten key to the fullest life in the Holy Spirit. Uh, praise to God, thanksgiving unlocks the limitlessness of his presence in our lives. It, It brings us into all of his blessings. It brings us into the experience of his love. In fact, thanksgiving is the first expression of faith and trust. And so we enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. He goes on, Give thanks to him, bless his name, for the Lord is good. You, you see what I mean? It's everywhere. The message paraphrase of the scripture, and sometimes he has a way of just getting it, and I believe he really gets it here. In his paraphrase of this, he says, The password at the gates of God's presence, is thank you. Um, That's it. That's it. It it comes to the very heart of it, the password. If I am entering into the greatest sense of God's presence, if I am coming into the blessing of God, um, what's the password? I I think that, that fits because in today's world, everybody lives in a Uh, passwords for every twist and turn of internet and everything we do, passwords. But what's the password into God's presence? The sense and knowing of God's presence. It is thanksgiving. It is thank you. And that sounds so simple, and yet it is profound. Thank you. That's it. And you see, the only response you can make to a gift is thank you and that brings me face to face with the grace and love of god it also is the greatest threat to the person who does not know the gospel because the the person who doesn't know the gospel wants to come into the sense of presence of god such as they know with with arms full of all they have done and all they promise to do and all the dedications they want to accomplish look 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 at what i've done but that's not the password it doesn't open the only way i can enter and know god's presence is to realize it's 300 percent grace It is gift. It is gift on top of gift on top of gift. It is the love of God gifting us with his very self. Therefore, my only response to that can be thank you. I cannot bring anything I have done. I cannot appeal to anything I've earned or anything I would assume makes me a deserving person. I simply come and say thank you, thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for all you've done. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your entrance into me that I might enter into you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But but the question sort of behind this, uh, and think about it, how, how can you enter when you're already in? You see, this this psalm, in fact, all the psalms, they. Really, the entire Bible is not spoken to unbelievers. This is this is not addressing unbelievers. It is addressing believers, and so it is saying, "Enter, enter His presence. Uh, come through the gates into the the very gates of God." How do you do that? when you're already in. This is spoken, I say, to believers, and we live and move in the presence of God. This is spoken to believers who are asleep. This is a term that certainly fills the New Testament. The New Testament is always speaking of opening your eyes to see a reality that is beyond your closed lids. Um, and it also addresses in Ephesians is as awake you who sleep. And, and, and so there are believers, and I think everybody listening understands that, there, there are believers who are asleep to the realities of the gospel. You know, when you're asleep, you are totally unconscious of where you are. Uh, And so when I wake up, I wake up to my bedroom. I've been there all night, but I I was off in some fantasy world of dreams. And I I wake up to to realize the bedroom where I have been and didn't know it. And of course, when I wake up, uh, you you follow me, I didn't know I was asleep until I woke up uh, and then realized I've been asleep Come on, this is what is happening um, throughout the church, throughout where there are believers and, and they, they, they have access. They are in the very presence of God but are asleep for a thousand reasons and, and need to be awakened. And when they are awakened, when the goodest news you've ever heard dawns upon them... Uh, That's the only time they realize that they have been asleep. They wake up and, where have I been? I I think some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, We've awakened to the reality of life that is lived in the conscious presence of God. There there are many believers who have been um, put to sleep by, what shall I say, doctrines or teachings that have essentially made this good news of all good news into almost something boring. So boring, you drift off into a spirit sleep. Um, it just does not excite. It does not give life. There are many believers who have been distracted and mesmerized, hypnotized, But the material world and all the anxieties that go with it. Do you remember in the parable of the sower, Jesus speaks of the seed that was sowed or sown, and there were weeds that came up, and they were the vine like uh, uh, weeds, and they come and they they wind around and, and choke. And he says that the seed was planted, it was growing, but then the weeds came and they choked it, they strangled it, which is the exact meaning in English and in other languages of the word worry. Worry and anxiety means to choke or to strangle you. And that's exactly what happens. We've been distracted. And he goes on to say that the cares, the worries, the anxieties of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, all of materialism, it comes and it chokes the word. And so they're totally mesmerized. They're in another world. They might as well be asleep to the reality of God's presence and so it says to such to believers but it says wake up and in waking up enter into enter into the very gates of god know the world into which jesus has brought us no it they do the 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 password in the waking up is thanksgiving. A, a realization of the grace and the giftingness of God. And my only response of thanksgiving. I've discovered it. This is not a formula. You say, it, it isn't that, well, if you do this, then, you know, now just say this after me, start thanking God and saying praise words. No, no, no. No, it's not a formula. It's a simple fact, hear me very carefully, that all negative, negative thoughts, negative words that arise from a negative spirit, um, everything that goes with it, grumbling, complaining, it's a big one in Scripture, um, it has no place. It It contradicts the very presence of God. And along with complaining goes resentful because resentment looks at other people that seem to have more than you do. And so the complaining goes with resentment and envy. That contradicts all that God is. It contradicts the gospel. And so that's part of the blinding it's part of the eye shutting, part of the sleeping. It, it contradicts. Uh, and, and such a person just plain doesn't see the presence of love and grace, doesn't see it. And, and all they can see is the negative, and all they talk about is the negative, and it comes out of the negative of their mind, where they think negative thoughts and have negative imagination. And so, they, they they don't see. You know, it says blessed are the pure in heart, they shall see God. And, and um, the word pure there is better understood, the meaning of the word pure is unmixed. Uh, you know, if you say that that is uh, pure water, it, it means it's not mixed with sewage or anything else, not mixed with chemicals, it's pure, it's unmixed. And the pure in heart is unmixed. That is, I'm not with one eye looking at the darkness and obsessing with the darkness and on all the worlds of complaining, but rather I am seeing full on the presence of God and realizing that in all of life, he is the source and the flowing of the grace and the love. And and so we respond with thank you. But um, and and so I say it's it's not a formula. It, it is a relationship. We have come to see God for who He truly is, and we respond to Him. So it isn't that if you praise God, then God changes His mind about you and about things. I've heard that. I've heard it preached, that if you praise God enough, then you'll get what you want. Um, no, I say it again, it's not a formula that makes him act on our behalf. We're not paying for blessing with, with praising him. Um, it's not the blessings of God, the love of God, the fullness of God is not earned by being thankful No, it is that our eyes are open to see who He really is, and we respond to the grace of God with thanksgiving. And so we see that He is forever giving grace. He's always the action of love. Therefore, thanksgiving is the appropriate response, and rest into that. See, there, there there are people who are waiting for God to move. They always want God to revive us or something like that. God's got to do something. I, I think the reality is we've got to understand that God is the God of grace and giving and love and is ever-present and therefore it's my response of thanksgiving that opens my heart to receive Him, it's not that we're waiting for God to move, but for us to enter experientially into the relationship of the God who is with us and has never left us, and is is right here and now in all His love power. And so, giving thanks is is and thanking as I realize my union with Christ. I'm united to Him. I'm united with His faith in the Father and becoming one with Him in embracing the love and the grace that is already pressing upon us. For even as the Father loved and graced and blessed Jesus, so He, in exactly the same way, He now loves and blesses and graces me, for I am in Christ. And when my eyes are open to that, I've only got one response, which is the password into the whole beauty of God, and that is giving thanks to God. You see, legalism blinds us so that we do not see that His love and the fullness of who He is already is. You you could... Let those words sink in, already is. The room, the place, the car where you're sitting right now is filled with the fullness of God, is filled with the love that has loved you since before you were born. The love that has come to us in Jesus already is, All the grace that you need for this day, this night, already is. You see, we have been taught that it it isn't already is. It's got to be somehow gained. I've somehow got to earn it. Somehow I've got to plead with God to give it to me, and, and if I can really... Plead would amount sometimes to a whining beggar, begging, pleading, um, and do so with promises of dedications and rededications of myself, promises of what I'll do tomorrow if only God will do this. You see, that, you're not thanksgiving, are you? You're begging and pleading and whining because you don't believe it already is. Something's got to happen. You've got to earn it. You've got to do something to make it happen. No, it says already. This is God. He's giving. Before we did anything good or bad, He gives Himself to us. So what, what's the password? What's my response to that? Thank you. I don't have to convince God of my worthiness to receive in order for Him to act and do. I remember, I'm not talking from a textbook here, I've been there. I remember aeons ago, thanks be to God, decades and decades ago, I remember... Actually, it was in Washington State, I remember so well. And I was sitting with the pastor of a church, and we were both of us were in a state of, I'd say, agony, because we were looking for how do we get the blessing of God in our life? How do we live in that consciousness where the gifts of God and the fruit of love flows in life? How, what do we do? What, what is the? We use the word secret, you say, and, and and then we would look at others. We we looked at persons who uh, seemed to have an in with God in terms of their life, in terms of their ministry, in the giftings they had. What what was their secret? And, oh, if we found that they had. Spent all night in prayer. We said, that, that's it, you see. That That must be it. That must be the formula. If, if you can convince God that you'll go without sleep to to convince him I really want this, then maybe I'd be worthy. And I remember we sat up all night going over this thing because we were as... <laughs> We were as frustrated as the sun rose as we had been frustrated when it went down because, you see, there is no formula. There is no formula. There's no secret. He has come and he is light and he's revealed himself that he has given himself and he is gift. Then all we say is thank you. Uh, but no, you see, we, we would rather go around and around and around and around as the night hours went by, trying to find what must I do? What great work shall I accomplish? What great sacrifice will I make? What dedication to get it? Thank God that after that time, I don't know how long, but after that time I discovered not an it it's a hymn and not a formula. It's a relationship. And he's already made all the moves. And when my eyes were open to see the grace of God then, thank you, thank you. No longer looking with envy at those who appear to be the special favorites of God, in receiving his blessings and gift. It's all been done and done from the God's side. Finished in Jesus Christ, finished in the resurrection from the dead, the Holy Spirit has been given in unlimited fullness. And thanksgiving is faith laying hold and taking what is already ours. See, even the faith, um, there there again we, we get into tangled knots trying to have enough faith. Well, faith is not trying to believe. Stick that on your refrigerator. Faith is not trying to believe. If you're trying, it means that you're, you're reaching down to some strength within you to make it happen. No, it's not trying to believe. It is responding. It's in the word thanksgiving. It's responding to the gift given. The gift is. And the Holy Spirit opens our eyes to see the gift. And with the eyes open, we reach to take and we realize we had faith. It's trusting what he's already done. It is seeing and reaching into the invisible real. And in childlike expectancy, thank him. Thanking him that although right now I don't see it, Right now, I don't feel it, but you have given us this in Jesus. This is ours. The Holy Spirit is here. Therefore, thank you. And and the invisible is more real than what we see around us. In childlike expectancy, I say again, give him thanks. Declare it is. It's here. It's now. And, and they got very excited. Um, there's not religion in the old testament especially certainly not the new but um you you read through the psalms which is the book of human experience of god and and, i mean thanksgiving and praise dare you read it and believe that simply means it i mean there's an abandonment here uninhibited. It talks about shouting with praise. Oh dear, you try that on Sunday morning. Shouts of praise. It, it, it speaks throughout the Psalms of raising of the hands, of even clapping, and God forbid, a dancing. You have uh, caused me to dance, it says, dance. This is emotionally charged gratitude to, to Throw yourself into this. I say again with the the simplicity of a child. He has said, he has given himself to us and I respond with a thanks that involves my body, my emotions, my mind, as well as my core self. But you see, the the world and, and many of our Well, um, probably all of us have been there. Um, What what I'm saying is that if God has done all, then there's nothing left for me to do, and that is very threatening. That's why people hate the grace of God. There's got to be something I can do. But no, we stand in our, yes, our created weakness, our creature helplessness to be filled with his fullness, and we just give God thanks for his sufficiency. We thank him. Okay, what is thanksgiving? Here you are, you see, you're, you're in the situation of life, and if we take in the last, what, four weeks, we would say a situation that might be a crisis situation, situation of anxiety, And that that could have many faces. It could be the anxiety of I'm not able to live the Christian life as I see it in the New Testament. Might be the anxiety if I don't have enough. Certainly in the very heart of all anxiety is the great lie. I am not. I have not. But whatever the situation, whatever that pressure is, might be an opportunity and I just feel that I don't have to do it. It might be a, a challenge, but whatever it is, maybe a trauma. Here and now, in this moment, what, 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 do, I, what do I do when it comes to thanksgiving? I recognize, and you, you can do this right here and now, that this is not for spiritual giants. Right at this moment, right where you are now sitting, where you are now hearing, He is now. Feel it, the throbbing now. Caring, He cares for you. He is compassionate love. And He knows our feelings right here. Right now, in this situation, in this moment, the isness of this moment, He knows you and He shares in your feelings. You're not alone. You see, God, when we say the word God, many people think, you know, in terms of a remote spirit, but that—that's the the wonder of the gospel. The gospel, the first word of the gospel, is that God became flesh. That's that's the gospel. That that separates from us from every other religion, philosophy in the world. God became flesh. He he became us. God. Got skin, brain, feelings, five senses, imagination. God, God inside of us so that he would not know about us with limitless knowledge. He would know us because he would actually participate in our humanity, our humanness. And and Have you ever wondered why we hear nothing between his birth, then age 12 in the temple, then nothing until he's 30 plus? Well, what happened in all those years? In all those years, he was being one of us. And so he's a kid in in school. He's a kid sitting at a desk. He's a kid playing stickball in the street one of us. He's a teenager. He, he's an apprentice carpenter to his father. He becomes a businessman. He's taxed, and he has to respond to the Roman tax and the temple tax. Oh, It says he was tempted. He's pressured, it be a better way of it. He's pressured in every way that we are. You have never walked a pathway where you will not find the footprint of Jesus that He's been there. He knows what it's like. He, he's not listening to you as a remote God with a grey beard in the never, never land. He's the God who has sat where you sit, has faced the pressures that you face, faced the opportunities, the challenges, the traumas. He's here then thank Him for that. That's how much He loves you. That's the gift of God. God gave Himself into you. Thank Him for His love for you that sits where you sit to feel what you feel. But in sitting where you sit and feeling what you feel, He overcame and trusted His Father. And, and hacked out a new path of relationship with the Father, calling us into that same relationship. He's right there with you, right at this minute, in you, feeling with you. You're not trying to explain yourself to a remote God. You're not trying to find funny religious words. He knows you. He's one of us. He's your brother. And he is here and now communicating to you his love promises and his blessing and his intentions for you. He's working right now. Hear me. Right now. Deeper than your feelings. He's working his love promises and blessing in you. And so that in this threat, in this pressure that you're under, in this moment, He's in you to will, intentionally will and do His good purpose and pleasure, which is to bless you and to bring you through this and to bring you into a living, pulsating relationship, not only with Him, but with the Father through the Holy Spirit. I say it again, He is here. He's now acting and doing his intention. And you see, we've been told you can never be sure about that intention. I mean, listening to uh, what often said around, and I don't want to waste time going into, because I think you know it, but the, the general opinion of many people is you can never be sure of God. You can never be sure what he's up to, you see. Because... Well, you know God. What you call good, he calls evil. You know God. And then we quote that verse, his thoughts are not our thoughts, you know. So, so you know, in fact, I read it on the internet and I won't even give the name of the person because you might know him. He's a very well-known preacher. But he said he had the flu. He had the flu, and he said he couldn't, this is incredible, he had no confidence. He said he, he could not ask God to heal him because he wasn't sure maybe God had given him the flu in order to do some weird and wonderful work in him. Of course, I'm sure the chap went to the pharmacy and got enough medicine to make sure God didn't get his way with him, but that's beside the point. no. What, what is it? What, is, what kind of God do you worship? A God who goes around giving you cancer and giving you all manner of trouble because he's got some mysterious hidden plan. No, read in Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah wrote a letter to people who had just suffered the loss of everything. And, and he said, this is what God says. I know the plans I have for you. I know the intentions I have. And they're not for evil. They are for peace. They are for your welfare. They're, they're, they're good for you. And of course, Romans eight twenty-eight: that that all these things that, yeah, I tell you, the, the mystery, the wonder, the speechless, open mouth amazement is that he takes all this and he weaves it together for an incredible good. God is good, and he's only good, and he never does anything that is not good. He is ki- He is, I was going to say he's kind. Well, that's true, but it's better than that. He is kindness. You see, see, he is it. It's the source. He is gentleness. He is goodness. He is caring. He's the God who is unconditional love. And therefore, in this moment, he's the source of our comfort. He is. He is our strength, so that we. Find a strength within us that is beyond our own strength. He's our refuge. He's He's our wrap around protection. He's our peace, our joy, our wisdom. What's Thanksgiving? It's thanking him for that. Right now. Right now. We intentionally take our eyes off the threat and the anxiety and we we reach into that invisible real And we begin to thank him, thank him that he is love toward us right now, that he is good, that he is kind, and that he is now working his purpose in us. Give thanks to him, he is that. And you say, well, look at the state of me right now, I'm not worthy there. You go again, you see the password isn't, I'm worthy, that's not the password. The password is thank you. That, you see, that blows our mind, doesn't it? We thought I had to do something to, to be worthy enough to receive this. No. Jesus is the worthy one and he stood in your shoes and took your place and carried that you through death to resurrection that you now stand in the presence of love. And the password is thank you. He's here. He's here. He is now at this minute on the clock. And he is greater in you than all that is against you. That's a quote from 1 John. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So he, he is, what shall I say, bigger? He's bigger than every detail of the opposition. It doesn't matter what the opposition is. doesn't matter what form it takes. Because it can sometimes just be a letter that you opened this morning. It can be a phone call that you got. Or oh, it can come in many, many ways. But it doesn't matter. Greater is he that is right at this minute in you. Give him thanks that he's bigger than this. And he's so much bigger that he takes the details. And he turns them into good. He's greater than all the opposition. He's greater than all the challenges that are meeting you that would conspire to frustrate his purpose for you. But they can't do it. They cannot frustrate his purpose. He's bigger than that. And give him thanks that his presence with you and in you gives you permission. I could use the word authority, and maybe you like it better. I like permission. Because if I'm given authority, it means I'm given permission. I am given permission to expect that God will be who he says he is. I have been given permission to take all that he says he is and all that he promises to do and say, thank you. And that's your permission too. And to dare and probably feel crazy in doing it to begin with, to act as if his love is now so. Thanksgiving. <sighs> do, do, do you see? If you just stop and do that, you, you will realize a whole... It will be the opening to you. You will have unlocked doors within you to, he's here, he's now. I've opened to the fullness of the presence of God. Could could I just throw this in? Because we're talking here about anxiety. But you see, these anxieties and the traumas and the threats and pressures... um, they're part of a whole life. Our life is is a single cloth. It's not a patchwork quilt, uh, and therefore, even when there's not any seeable anxieties, learn that Thanksgiving is is opening to all the the glory of God. Um. So it's not something, how can I put it, it's not sort of spiritual, that you just do it when your Bible is open and you're feeling spiritual. No, thanksgiving, well, that's all of life. His presence fills my world. His presence fills 24 hours, seven days a week. Wherever I am, whatever I'm doing, I do so in the presence of this one who loves me, who is my strength. And, and therefore, learn to give thanks outside of what religion has taught us is spiritual. Get outside of that. Have you ever given thanks for your house? Have you ever given thanks that you're alive today? Given thanks that you can walk across the bedroom floor when you get out of bed in the morning? You ever given thanks you got food on the table? And I mean stop and think none no, just words. Have you ever given thanks for all creation? You know, when we um, celebrate the Eucharist or Holy Communion, um, we do here at the ranch every Sunday. And part of that ancient Eucharist that we celebrate says, we give voice to every creature under heaven. And do you know what that means? Because that is what the whole Bible teaches, that we give voice to every creature. That is, we're the head of creation, and therefore, the grass cannot praise God. So we thank God for the grass. We thank God for the flowers. We thank God for the beauty. We thank God for the creatures. Have you ever thanked him, especially this time of year? uh, As I was driving here to the studio and I, 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 I saw the down here, because it's South Texas, and so everything's bursting into spring right now, and and all the leaves, little leaves, but they're all brilliant green as they they're bursting. I just start and thank God. I mean, he could have made everything black, couldn't he? But he he, he coloured it. He coloured the sky blue. Amazing. You ever thank God for the smell of flowers? Thank God for squirrels that turn their somersaults. I mean, why do they do that for you? You're, You're the reason for that. Ever thank God for the crash of waves upon the seashore? It's all in the book of Psalms, by the way. I'm quoting Psalms right now, where it says that the leaves of the trees clap their hands and praise God. It says all the waves are praising God. Join with them and thank God you're alive. Thank God you've got senses that tell you all of this and gather the data that you might praise Him. What about the things that used to amaze you in life and then they just became old hat? Go back and remember what has now become almost boring to you once, thrilled you. Let it thrill you again. Let, what I'm saying is let your whole life take on the posture of giving thanks to God. Look, the Scripture says it over and over. Ephesians 5, 14. Let let me read. It's quite a few verses, but it's worth the read. Awake, sleeper, arise from the dead. Well, we've already talked about that, didn't we? And Christ will shine on you. Therefore, be careful how you walk or the way you go through life. Not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish. Understand what the will of the Lord is. What's that? Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and songs of the Spirit, singing, making melody with your heart to the Lord, Always, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even to the Father. Put that on hold for a minute. What about Colossians 3.17? Whatever you do, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Put that on hold. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 In everything give thanks for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You know where it says there, for all things. That doesn't mean that I thank God for the, the absolute evil that is in this world today. In fact, that word for in the Greek language um, has more than one interpretation. And really it's up to the translator to determine how you translate it, determined um, by the context and by everything that goes with it. And I, along with a lot of um, Greek scholars, disagree with that word for all things. It would be better, and I'm going to speak very I, I'm saying, yes, it is better to translate that as, and I'll give you a few possibilities, regarding. So give thanks to God regarding all things. That is, how are you looking at this that is happening in life? How are you looking at that? What is your response regarding this or concerning all things? And the response is, I give thanks to God for that. That is, in the midst of all that is happening, in the midst of what appears to my five senses to be darkness, I give thanks to God. That's that's how I deal with it. I thank God he's here. I thank God he's now. And I thank God in the middle of this, he's working out his purpose. Or you might translate it, uh, in spite of all things. I give thanks to God. That is, I am not responding in a way that is in sync with the darkness. I'm not responding in harmony with everything that is evil. Rather, I'm looking through it to the God who is the owner of all things and the one who is working in the midst of this and working in me right now. So in spite of all things, and concerning how I look at this, I give thanks to God. That is, I turn my whole focus and attention to giving thanks and I see things through his eyes. In fact, another possible translation is above all things, and that would fit in too, that I give thanks to God because I am seated, joined into Jesus in the presence of the Father. In the embrace of the Spirit, I look down on life, and I I see things as they really are that here I'm meeting with God and he's the one who is working his purpose for good. So one could never say, well, I'm under the circumstances because I live above them, looking down and seeing the whole thing through the eyes of God. And that above, it it could be over, over all things. And that's an interesting concept which really we could take an hour on but, um, and also things could also be translated as people. I, I'm sorry that if I, you, you don't like me doing this, messing up what you've always read in Scripture. But these words, we need to understand what they mean. And, and, and so it could also read giving thanks over all things and over all people. You see, that, that's a concept in Scripture The over. God places his name. He says he puts his I am name upon a place or upon people. And that meant I own it. It's my possession. Think about this. The place where you work, well, the places where you live, the neighborhood you live in, the place where you study, um, even the place where you shop, certainly the place where you worship, have you ever noticed? See, this is where I need an hour for this. Maybe we will do an hour on this later. But there, there is a certain, shall I say, atmosphere. I, I would say a subtle controlling spirit power. But I don't don't mean it's demon possessed or anything. But but there is this. Have you noticed the corporation you work for? There is a what's the word? A spirit. It doesn't matter whether you're talking to the janitor or the CEO. It's got a certain... And if you're going to get anywhere in that company, you've got to yield to that spirit and do it the way they do it. You go into some churches and and you can almost taste it that they, they've got a certain way, a certain, well, spirit. Uh, there are certain... At least here in San Antonio, there are certain shopping centers that I always there's a certain spirit there. It's not nice. I don't like going there. Um, there's a spirit of greed and oppression that isn't in other places. You say, have you noticed um, in your neighborhoods it, some some of them are, are so into their pride that it's, it's difficult to live there. Um, places have these, and I'm looking for the word as I speak, I, but I, I say spirit, but understand me, it's an atmosphere. Well, have you ever walked through those places where you work, where you study, where you worship, where you live, and give thanks over it to declare, that this glorious Holy Trinity Father and Son and Holy Spirit owns this place and give him thanks that he is at work here and at work here in this person and that person and over all things and all places and all that is happening declare he is love and he is God who is all ability to fulfill his intention and purpose. Think about it. Thanksgiving, you see, is the bold faith confession of his presence and his ownership and his present action in this place, in this happening. And there's a certain energy. I can see another series coming out of this, but there's a certain energy that actually affects physical things. Giving thanks to God releases the energy of His presence into our time, space, material, physical world. Stuff happens. Paul and Silas are in jail having been beaten for the name of Jesus until their backs are pulp. And then they're put into stocks, which is the sort of handcuffs that they twist your whole body and hold it in place agony, torture, and then they threw them on the inside jail, sort of shut all the doors against them. And in that, in that condition, they began to give thanks to God. What? For what was happening? No, but recognizing he's in this, he's over this. And therefore we give thanks to him and wait with childlike expectancy for what he's about to do. And their thanksgiving moved from saying it to singing it until they were singing so loud the praises and thanks to God that he is here, he is now, he is love, he is for us. And as they sang praise, the prisoners outside could hear them. It was so loud. And then he got outside, you could hear them out on the street. And then it says there was an earthquake. And an earthquake in which the chains fell off their hands, came out of the wall. You know the rest of the story. Or what about Second Chronicles 20 and read verses 22 and 23 where it says that as they began, you know that crazy story where they're about to be annihilated by bunches of people and, and, and instead of going out with swords, they went out singing praise to God, saying, yes, your covenant loving kindness never ceases. And they go out, and I'll I'll read a bit of it. They began, they, that's the, they're going out. Instead of the army, they're led by the choir praises, and they began singing and praising God. And it says that when, and it's very specific, when they began singing and praising, then it says something happened to their enemies. And it was weird that their enemies, they're ready to kill these crazy people. But now they look at each other and they began to kill each other. And the result was when they came with their final song upon the battlefield, it's all over. The enemies have had a civil war among themselves. And it says, and the Lord set ambushes. And it says it was because they they rose up against each other and they destroyed each other. Um, What am I saying? Well, I'm saying a lot. (laughs) That that your praising God is not some little spiritual thing you do in your back kitchen. It, It has not only... Are you realizing the presence of God in your life at this moment, but also you are part of His releasing His presence and power into your situation to the point where physical things are reversed, where people's minds are completely changed? where things happen that you could only dream of because with God all things are possible. And that's at the physical level as well as levels invisible. I have known that giving thanks to God because he is the healer, because he is the one who wills our physical, mental, emotional health to give him praise. And as we have praised, I have seen persons healed. Some of you who might have been around back in the 70s might remember being in those vast meetings with Catherine Kuhlman. And what did we do in those meetings? We stood there and we just praised God for two hours, three hours. And as we were praising God, persons were physically, mentally healed Before our very eyes, yes, praising God is two-way. It opens up the whole of God to me, but also involves me in releasing all of God into the present physical, material world. Well, there it is. Enter His gates with thanksgiving. And I trust these scattered thoughts have been used by the Holy Spirit to introduce you maybe wake you up to realize where you are and who you are and the glorious potential of this life in the Holy Spirit. And now, God, who is almighty love, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless you right this day Night, open the eyes of your understanding to the fullness of this life that is in Christ Jesus, that you shall move out of the darkness and negativity into a world of joy and light and thanksgiving. And so your life shall be of joy and of health and wholeness. So I bless you and declare this night that is the way it is.